NPR. A little bit north of Brazil is a country called Guyana. It's only got a population of 800,000 people. It's rich in wildlife and forests. I think the green in Guyana is, is greener than anywhere else in the world. Terrence Blackman grew up in Guyana. He's now a mathematics professor at the City University of New York. And Terrence says that as idyllic as his childhood memories are, the country did face problems, like power cuts. Blackouts, we would call them. And they would they would occur very frequently. And electricity, it's one of it's been one of a really, really big challenges. Income-wise, Guyana has been just about the poorest in South America. But in 2015, there was an announcement that would change everything. ExxonMobil made a huge discovery of oil that could make the Guyanese the wealthiest people on the continent. Terence remembers his reaction reading about it after seeing a link on Facebook. Wow, uh, this this is this is an opportunity to behold. And you think, yeah, we're finally, you know, God has finally smiled. God has finally smiled on us. What a feeling! I've never had that feeling after following a link on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Yeah. So Terence had this amazing moment, but then there's this issue, which is there is a pattern when countries strike some kind of resource boom. This can often be bad for the countries in the long term, and it's called the resource curse. This is the indicator from Planet Money. I'm Waylon Wong. And I'm Darian Woods. Today on the show, Guyana's resource curse and how it's trying to avoid the fate of so many other countries. Support for NPR and the following message come from Fisher Investments. SVP Judy Abrams shares how their fiduciary duty comes to life while helping clients plan for retirement. As a fiduciary, we must make decisions in our clients' best interest. So we work with them in consultation to be on a glide path so when they want the option to retire, that portfolio is still going to keep working for them at this stage of life. Learn more at FisherInvestments.com. Investing in securities involves the risk of loss. Support for NPR and the following message come from State Farm. As a State Farm agent and agency owner, Lakeisha Gaines understands the support small businesses need. Every day, we get the privilege of helping people to recover from the unexpected, realize their dreams. For small business owners, we help them to think about all the things that are necessary so that they can continue to run their businesses successfully without interruption. Talk to your local agent about small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. After Guyana struck oil in 2015 and continued to find reserve after reserve, Terence Blackman didn't want to see the country go down the road of so many other places that struck proverbial gold. So I knew this was an extremely sophisticated operation and knew that in terms of the expertise in Guyana to broadly manage that enterprise, knew that that expertise was lacking Terrence started writing letters to newspapers and penning op-eds. He was imploring the government to prepare for the tidal wave of oil money about to hit. And anxiety over ensuring the right leadership for Guyana's rapidly changing future was shared by the public, who voted for a change in government a few years later. What Terrence and others were worried about was Guyana falling prey to the resource curse. 
This is this unfortunate result that countries which rely upon a single resource for significant wealth turn out to have worse development outcomes than countries that don't have that wealth. This is David Goldwyn, former Special Envoy for International Energy under the Obama administration. He's traveled to a lot of countries, including Guyana, working with governments to prepare for resource booms. David says there are a few exceptions, like Canada, which extracts fossil fuels but has a strong democratic foundation. But in many cases, the resource curse plays out in a few ways. First, there is a slide towards authoritarianism. Once governments earn payments from companies that go directly to the government, they're less dependent on the taxpayers for contributions. And they develop what's called the rentier state or a state which is disconnected from its citizens. And you don't need to look too far outside Guyana's borders to see this. Right next door, Nicolás Maduro has stayed in power as an authoritarian leader in Venezuela for years, partly bolstered by the government's access to oil revenue. And that leads to a second problem with great resource wealth, which is conflict. Guyana's oil is so tempting to authoritarians like Maduro that he held a referendum to annex part of Guyana's territory in December. Now, David doesn't think this is actually the most likely threat Guyana faces, because if Venezuela really did invade Guyana, the international response would be severe. But David sees internal conflict in resource-rich countries as a very real challenge. Civil conflict arises over capturing the government in order to capture the resources. Voting in Guyana has traditionally fallen along ethnic lines, which presents challenges when trying to figure out how best to distribute this new wealth. And another way that the windfall can be unevenly experienced is due to what happens to the local currency. It tends to shoot up in value, which, as we've talked about on The Indicator, could sound like a good thing. And it is for people in the country importing stuff. But for domestic exporters, say the shrimp industry in Guyana, that means that their shrimp gets more expensive for foreign buyers and they don't end up selling as much as they used to. At one point, Nigeria was one of the agricultural breadbaskets of Africa. But as it developed oil and gas wealth, its agricultural sector atrophied. And frankly, so did its roads and other infrastructure as all the other businesses declined and only the hydrocarbons prospered. This specific phenomenon is called the Dutch disease, named after a big natural gas discovery in the Netherlands in the 1950s. And so the big question that David, Terence, and the people inside Guyana are asking is how the country avoids the resource curse. And David says there are a few things already done that can help. These were made by both of Guyana's elected governments since the discovery. What Guyana has in place right now is a pretty textbook example of what experts recommend a country do when it entertains uh, significant resource wealth. Guyana has set up a natural resource fund, and that means that royalties and payments from the oil extraction goes into this big pot. And then the government has time to consider the best use for that money. After Norway hit the oil jackpot in the 1970s, they set up a sovereign wealth fund. They saved enormous amounts of the wealth that they got, and now it's grown into this, you know, phenomenally large fund and has helped reindustrialize Norway and develop many other industries. Investing in other industries is important, David says, because oil won't be around forever. And as the world switches from fossil fuels to green energy, it's important Guyana has built the infrastructure for low-carbon industries to thrive. David says the government of Guyana has a strategy that tries to do this. 
they have all these things in place. But really, that's just the first step. And my advice to, to Guyana is that they really need to take the kind of steps now which are really important to effectively implement their strategy. The first, David says, is to protect the oil fund from political meddling. David thinks the government shouldn't have too much control in how the fund is invested. That brings risks that the fund's investments go to political allies and cronies. And that brings us to David's second recommendation. Build up Guyana's civil service. Pay well, ensure good training, and have more career positions and fewer political appointments. You have to have civil servants who are capable of auditing, of managing the resource wealth, of doing procurement of bridges and roads and things like that. If you don't invest in people, if you don't invest in governance, then you are going to either risk corruption or mismanagement or bad judgment. So if a well-resourced, non-political civil service is trained and working within a long-term development plan, the fund can invest in high-quality projects. And that long-term development plan idea is David's third recommendation. High-quality spending is important so that the development dividend really comes to pass. Finally, David thinks more can be done to support local Guyanese businesses to take advantage of all this new mining activity. The businesses that build Guyana's new roads and ports might be foreign-owned and staffed if the government doesn't step in to help with training and loans. And Terence, the Guyanese mathematician, sees this as a real opportunity to make sure that Guyana's oil discovery benefits everyone. The airline traffic into Guyana has changed. The skyline of Guyana is changing on a consistent basis. The transformation is just rapid and immense. At the same time, you know, folks who don't have the educational wherewithal to participate in what's happening are being left behind. And so these things are happening at the same time. How the government manages this blast of dollars will determine whether this oil money is a blessing or a curse. This episode was produced by Cooper Casper Kim with engineering by Valentina Rodriguez Sanchez. It was fact checked by Sierra Juarez. Kate Cannon edits the show, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. Pro Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Greenlight. Want to teach your kids financial literacy? With Greenlight, kids and teens use a debit card of their own, while parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and savings in the app. Get your first month free at greenlight.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch.